And so when you start working and the money is given to you, you know, the idea of money stops being a concept. It becomes a reality. And then mm. you can really look at it for what it is. Yeah. And, you know, now that the way that I see it is that it really is, you know, like how I see efficiency. Efficiency is a tool for me to live the life I want to live. Money is similarly just a tool to live the life I want to live. It's yeah. the stress management as is the hobbies I take, the decisions that I make, the behaviors that I have, the people I choose to engage with. All of these things just become tools and ways in which I want to live my life the way mm. that I want to live and, you know, have that kind of experience. Yeah. So therefore it made a lot of sense. It was a very rational thought to leave medicine. And a lot of people that I know that have left medicine of which I know many mm. share that same kind of idea that it, the money is not worth it. It's more about the alignment. Mm. Welcome to Subcut, a medical-ish podcast where we talk about medical-ish stuff. And I've already stuffed that up, but I'm going to continue on anyway. <laughs> Whether you're a high school person or you're a medical student or anyone really interested in medicine, um, this is something you should listen to. I'm Neil. I'm a fourth-year medical student. I'm Emma. I'm a third-year physiotherapy student. And I'm Justin. I used to be a doctor. And good, good, good <laughs> intro. Good, <try>. good intro. <laughs> My first time. <laughs> Okay, and um, yeah, well, today we'll be talking a bit about something very interesting. We mentioned it before, um, and it's generally about Justin's uh, one year post leaving medicine. Yeah. Um, and what his journey sort of just been like with that. Um, we've yeah. got some and we first have that. to start off with a very good question, actually, because I feel like no one, including myself, doesn't actually know the answer mm. in like a nice, concise way. So, Justin, why did you leave medicine? So I consistently get people asking me this question and oh. <laughs> in, in, including, you know, all the variations of the question. Like, are you sure you, like, I got a question yesterday saying from someone on Instagram, they said, are you sure you left medicine? And I was like, I don't even know how to interpret that <laughs> You know, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty you sure don't I choose left. medicine, medicine chooses you. you know? <laughs> like, I don't you find myself it. waking up at the hospital one day and I was like, oh, shit, I didn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> it was all a dream. Shift. It was all a dream. It was all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the lyrics I know from this. Yeah, yeah. Um, cut that out. Everyone's gonna give us hate if we if we have that. In. I don't know the lyrics <laughs> of the biggie lyrics. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So I did leave. Um, I did leave medicine, and when I left, it wasn't it wasn't a leaving as like a permanent sort of thing. It was like I. I know that right now I, I don't want to be doing this. I want to be doing something else. And that aligns more with me. And so I saw that it was a low risk decision that I could make that was, that low felt that, that aligned the most. It's interesting that you felt it was low risk. Like you said, it's six years. Yeah. But it's, it, so it's low risk in a number of, I think I might've mentioned this in the previous yeah. podcast mm. as well, but it was low risk in the way that I felt that my, my, I have this, um, you know, model on how to decide career decisions, right? Which is based on a combination of passion, purpose, and personality. And I think that a lot of it is not, especially the personality part is not really emphasized much, but if you have a certain aspect of your personality that is core to you, and if you, if you are in a situation every day for the rest of your life that conflicts with that personality, I think it causes a lot of problems and a lot of dissatisfaction, mm. even if you're really passionate about it. And one of those things is that I didn't leave the healthcare system or sector because I didn't like healthcare. So interestingly, since leaving medicine, I actually now do medical cases and problem solving for fun. I'll just, every now and again, like I'll just be scrolling through and I'm, cause I'm still like, I've still liked a lot of Facebook pages on medicine and I'm, you know, all the other stuff. 
So I'll see things like that and I'll just take some time to like solve a few medical cases and answer <clears> some <throat> clinical problems and stuff and just kind of exercise that part of my brain. Yeah, and so, and so what that's telling me then is that it's not that you didn't like medicine as a concept. Yeah. It's, you, you do still enjoy I, I, that. I, yeah, I it's think... It's the way that yeah. it's sort of been implemented exactly. for society to work. I enjoy medicine as a concept just as much as I ever enjoyed and probably more because I'm, I'm removed from the everyday stresses of it. I think as a concept, I enjoy it even more. It's just that, and I feel that the purpose behind, you know, medicine and being a doctor is very, like, I'd be hap I'd happily assigned that as a purpose. So really the only conflict was a personality aspect. Mm. Yeah. And I think a lot of doctors really resonate with that. Mm. Um, not just doctors, a lot of people in any career, I think, resonate with that idea of a personality clash. And so that's why I say that don't try to, make a decision on your personality based on theory, make a decision on your personality or conclusion based on experience, you know, mm. less theoretical conclusion, more experiential conclusion. So for me, I didn't realize how important it was for me to live a life that felt, you know, pretty efficient. Mm. Right. Mm. And so, you know, because efficiency for me means more in my life. I get to do more. I get to have more on my plate. I get to yeah. enjoy more things that, that I want to do. That's what efficiency means for me. It's a doorway that allows me to access more. Mm. Yeah. And so, so for me, that was really important. And medicine really cut into that, not just the time commitment, but because the system itself was so inefficient. Yeah. And so, and that's like a damn fact, you know, like <laughs> yeah. you, you don't dare refute what me on heck? that. No, no, I completely agree. I've spent a total of five weeks since like, since the start of this year, when I started my clinical experience and like some of the computers still, still have windows, like, what is it like XP or well, Vista or something on there? So, I don't even know what it is. We are 10 now and you yeah. have like these like, like, like the dinosaur computers the hill taking so slow. Yeah. 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 Something like that. But um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I, I get you know, the pa yeah, Paper there. folders and you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. Not just that, but, you know, from a systems point of view, you know, like how just a lot of different aspects on how things are managed, how staff are managed, how a lot of different aspects of it. I was just very deeply unsatisfied with mm -hmm. and uh, I felt very powerless to change. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, and that's saying a big thing coming from you because like well, I, I really want to change a lot of things. And, you right, know, and that's the that's, that's that's what you're doing right now through everything. With yeah, that, so well, I'm trying at least yeah, is, yeah. is the intention. And yeah. so. I felt that that was really grating on personality. Mm. But the thing is that I didn't need to necessarily start working in order to know that because I've been into efficiency and working on it for such a long time now. Mm. Yeah. If I really just looked at my life objectively and I thought, <laughs> what do I do in my daily life? What, 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 what do I, um, what are my behaviors saying mm. about my personality? Yeah. It would have been very clear that the idea of efficiency or some related concept was just was core. And I could have known that, but I just didn't. I think that was clear to everyone around you. It was, no, <laughs> it it was, was a joke. Like, yeah. it was like... Yeah. That's the thing. It was clear to me, even as a joke, you know, that yeah. was thing. I never kind it's of... Like, I take oh, ownership for some of those jokes. <laughs> I take ownership of most of those jokes. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I mean, my students used to meme me on that with yeah. the whole topic. <laughs> so, that, I, I think it's, it's just you know, crazy because I talk so much about like confirmation bias and, you know, being blinded to these things. And yet, like, it was so hard for me to, it was, I just didn't see that yeah. side at mm, all. And mm. I, I feel like if someone actually had said what I'm saying now and I'd heard it, I, I feel like something would have clicked if I had heard that before. Mm. And so when I started working, you know, and I, I think I went through the story in the previous episode. So if you haven't watched that, you just go back and watch that episode and, and why I quit. I go into a little bit more depth, but you know, when I started working, I realized that and I, 
I had another alternative. And so when I say low risk, going back to what you said yeah. before, it wasn't low risk in terms of finances because that was, that was a, a moderate to high risk. You know, I had some level of income, you know, from the business and everything. So that was sort of okay. But the risky part for me was like fulfillment and satisfaction and happiness. Yeah. Right. So how much do you earn as a first year house officer? Depends on what thing you're going to be in, a like ABC or something. But like generally that. across all houses, it tends to be 000? roughly ninety. Roughly, you yeah. make ninety thousand dollars a year once you graduate first year mm. for a normal house officer. Now, what does that mean? Cash in hand after tax, after student allowance, after superannuation, after all the expenses are paid, you are left with roughly nine hundred to one point three thousand dollars per week cash in hand. Okay, mm-hmm. so every fortnight where you get paid before, after tax goes out with cash. <laughs> I don't know. If, <laughs> when we're editing this, can you zoom into a face and just, just like, and just go like, do, 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 do. the mad lady? <laughs> I don't know what calculation everyone's doing right now, but um, anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, don't forget to carry the one. Anyway, um, you know, so the amount of money you're making is, is very decent. It's very, very decent, you know? And in fact, studies would show that it's actually at the level of income where you're not going to find any more fulfillment or happiness in life by having more, right? So the studies show it's roughly $75,000 US US Mm. per family, per household. Mm. It does scale depending on the number of dependents in the household, but it's generally um, per household 75,000 US. So New Zealand- That makes me feel happy. Yeah. Did you get that from the subtle art of not giving a beep? I didn't. I got that from the primary source. The what? <laughs> the primary source. I read the actual article. <laughs> okay, anyway. Okay, cool. Anyway. You know, at a certain point when you're making that li- amount of money, which is not a crazy amount of money, right? But it's it's certainly a, a more than, than most people, especially first year out of university. I mean, yes, you study for six years and it's freaking hard, but mm-hmm. even then, it's still decent money, very decent. Yep. And so house officers don't really have financial stress as much. A lot of people will support their family and things like that. So it's a different situation. But you really, it's very clear for someone like me that was able to, you know, support my family and all that thing and still have money left over. It was very clear that more money was not going to make a difference for me. In fact, Mm -hmm. I could have been much more happy with less money. Mm. And uh, so the decision there was like, well, okay, the money is not the primary thing anymore. So what am I really looking for? I'm looking for that fulfillment and satisfaction and happiness. I feel it's very risky to stay in this career for me to find that. And if mm. I do find it, I feel like I have just as much of a chance of finding it at least mm. in something that fits both my purpose and passion and personality, mm. which for me is more in education and maybe medicine as a concept, but in the educational space, which mm. is you know, obviously where I do a lot of my work now. Yeah. Sure. So it was actually really insightful because when I asked you like low risk, like I feel, I mean, I don't know if it's just me because... I care about money, but like the first thing that came to my mind when you said low risk, I was like, really? Like I just thought about finances. I didn't even think about like the emotional and satisfaction side of it. Yeah. So, and I think that's what most job security is based on. Yeah. They, they say yeah. job security is based on, you know, the financial, but there's a certain threshold. And once it's met, it's fine. And like, look, honestly, totally honestly to make money, mm. to make enough money to be financially. Okay. If you have a job, even if that job is only paying you, let's say 40, 50,000. Okay. And you're below the sort of thing. You can do more to make more money. You know, you can leverage skills. You know, there's, we're living in a, in a 
time right now where it's so easy to it's leverage easy skill. To never. Yeah. 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 You know, you you know how to, you know, take some photos. You can you can do some cheap fo- freelance photography. Or, mm-hmm. You know, there's so many things that you can actually do mm. to make that extra money. Yeah. And on the note of actually making money itself, like what's the ultimate aim of making money? Exactly. It's, it's not, I know it's not. And well, uh, Tony Robbins knows as well because you should read his book. It's a really good book that I'm reading right now, which is where I'm getting this from. Prime source. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but like the, the, pu- the purpose of making the money isn't to count the number of zeros at the end of the bank account. It's, it's the feeling and the emotion that's entailed with having the sort yeah. of security that's there or the, like the freedom to do other things or the opportunity to do more stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not the actual number. And if, if the fact that you can earn more but still not have that emotional satisfaction of security and freedom, then the purpose of earning more is just defeated yeah. and that's, and that's what basically exactly. and and that perspective is something that I, I definitely didn't have when i was a student honestly yeah. yeah you know i was definitely very um you're like you're like you're still a student but you're like yeah yeah but, but i know it i know because i read the book anyway yeah i didn't i didn't i didn't have that perspective i wasn't a neil so i didn't have that i wasn't so i wasn't so advanced really just yeah um and so uh, when you start working and the money is given to you, you know, the idea of money stops being a concept. It becomes a reality. And then mm. you can really look at it for what it is. Yeah. And, you know, now that the way that I see it is that it really is, you know, like how I see efficiency. Efficiency is a tool for me to live the life I want to live. Money is similarly just a tool to live the life I want to live. It's yeah. the stress management as is the hobbies I take, the decisions that I make, the behaviors that I have, the people I choose to engage with. All of these things just become tools and ways in which I want to live my life the way mm. that I want to live and, you know, have that kind of experience. Yeah. So therefore it made a lot of sense. It was a very rational thought to leave medicine. And a lot of people that I know that have left medicine of which I know many mm. share that same kind of idea that it, the money is not worth it. It's more about the alignment. Mm. So mm. what have you done in this year since then? Yeah. So, so what's changed? I want to ask one question yeah. just before we get into the, um, okay. into the year uh, progress <laughs> with that. And that's like, you keep on mentioning stuff about your personality and the fit between that mm-hmm. as well. <clears throat> what stage were you when you, um, when you left PGY2? Uh, yeah, I was in the middle of my second year. So okay. I, did, I did six quarters right. of house officer. Okay, yeah. And like, I was talking to a registrar actually pre-COVID and I was uh, sort of just getting an understanding of what life is like a registrar and just a general doctor and stuff. And he said, to be honest... I've only been a doctor. He's, I think it was like first or second year Reg. Mm. Um, and he said, I've only actually been a doctor for two years. Yeah. Because and a house officer doesn't, it doesn't feel like you're a doctor. What you said, quoting your own words, yeah. is you're a discharge machine. Yes, correct. <laughs> so you're, you know, the, the running joke is you're a glorified secretary. It's <laughs> what bitch. most doctors will call, call <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's, that's entirely true. And I completely think mm. that, right? Like yeah. the, so for a long time, you know, for, because I didn't obviously make this decision overnight, I had thought about it for months and months. Sure. Mm-hmm. And everyone always says, like, don't think about it right now. Because I understand house officer is the crappiest part of the job. And once you get over that, you go into something else. And for me, I, I personally, I was interested in ophthalmology. So that's where I did my honors. That's where yeah. I did some research. That's where wow. I did some platinum, blah, blah, blah. That's where I did my elective. So I was really into that. And I actually loved um, studying about it. Like on the plane ride to and from London where I did my elective. Sorry, by the way. Uh, an elective is in your mm-hmm. final year of medical school, you go overseas to a country or, or you don't have to, but most really? people will go overseas and spend, it depends on the medical school, but here it's, you spend eight weeks um, overseas doing a 
placement in a hospital department of whatever you really want to do. So there'll be people going to Joburg Trauma Center. There'll be, for me, I went to um, uh, Eye Hospital in London. Um, you know, lo- a big diverse range of whatever you mm. want to do, you, you, yeah. you get to do that. And that's super, super cool. One of the things that people look forward to, which by the way, currently right now has been canceled for, for a lot of the uh, students because of COVID. Yeah. yeah. My selective in fifth year is it's just going to be limited to New, to New Zealand. Zealand. Yeah. yeah. Which... I'm like counting my privilege and I'm counting yeah. my blessings. I'm still happy. Because um, a lot of, but, the, a lot of students in yeah, fifth so, year. Yeah. So the year yeah. before the elective is a selective, which is actually a fifth year thing. And in your fifth year, you have six weeks. Was mm. it five weeks or six weeks? I think it's five, yeah. Yeah, five or six. Something but, like yeah. that, yeah. Where you go, it's pretty much the same thing, but most students don't go overseas for that anyway, mm. actually. Mm-hmm. Most people, mm-hmm. people are domestic. Mm. Um, so that's that's where I was kind of wanting to head towards. Mm. Yeah. And again, the concept of it and the the work was super enjoyable. Like I, I really loved eyes and like looking at eyes and like when I was in a, you know, when I'm looking and observing surgeries, it's like, this is just ridiculous. It's yeah, just it, magic. It is really cool. You just know? YouTube, like a, a cataract surgery. But it's, it's different when you see it under the microscope because oh, right. yeah. it's three dimensional, it's real. And you're just thinking like, this is insane what's yeah. happening right <laughs> now, is. you know? So I still really, really enjoy the field. And so that was kind of difficult for me to kind of part with that concept of it. But I started thinking about the type of life I want to live and everything else outside of just that. What would I be doing as a registrar? Um, you know, what would I be doing after that as, you know, a training or a training registrar? What yeah. would I be doing as a consultant? And that's the life. And so do I want to still be doing this and operating and going to clinics and things like that? And Obviously, a lot of those aspects are awesome, but I couldn't really see a way that I was extracting myself from the system mm. in such a way that it was really feeling very satisfactory. Like I felt yeah. that yeah. I would always be in that system yeah. unless I move on to just fully doing private practice mm. and owning my own place and mm. being in charge of that. Mm. But in order to do private practice, you, you don't just become a consultant and then that's it. You become a consultant. You have to kind of do have a little bit of experience under your belt. Otherwise, number one, no one's really going to come to you. And number two, it, it is kind of looked on a little bit weird if you just gap it straight away to private as soon as you become a consultant. Okay. <laughs> just a, yeah. so, so you'd have to do a few years, get some experience. Because even as you become a consultant, you become a junior consultant. And then mm. you... Oh, God. It just keeps going. It just and keeps going. It yeah. keeps going. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then I could do private. But it's like, okay, look, honestly, that's from me when I was a house officer right? Two years into it, that's mm. looking at an additional 15 years, maybe mm. down the line. And this is already after I'd done, you know, my first year of university from that point would have been nine years ago. Mm. Yeah. So it's like I did nine years of university plus house officering. And then 15 years later, then I get to extract myself from that inefficiency yeah. that really bothers me. Mm. So I made the decision, am I going to get over that inefficiency thing? Or yeah. am I going to just do something else where I could potentially find that level of fulfillment otherwise and the you know at the end of the day i just made a decision that i thought was going to work because i didn't feel like the inefficiency was going to be something that ever really leaves my life based on knowing me sure yeah yeah yeah. and I i think that's that's the question that i really want to ask was just that do you think at the stage of pgy2 did you make that decision prematurely or do you think you would have changed that over time if you would have become a registrar then yeah. yeah. So the other part of it being a safe decision was that I could just go back into medicine. Mm. You know, I That's can true. if I want to. I, yeah. I, I, I never lose my medical degree. <clears throat> yeah. And so all I have to do is study a bit and then just 
you know, go back into it. Mm. So that option is still open technically. So yeah. it's, you know, it's, it, it's safe in a lot of ways. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to Subcut. If you guys have any suggestions for content, please make sure you send it through. You can get in touch and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, or find us on our website at jttmed.com slash subcut. Subcut is a podcast brought to you by JTT. If you or anyone you know is interested in a career in medicine, make sure to get in touch and check us out at jttmed.com.